Welcome back, MTN Nets podcast. So the Nets are playing much better. Uh, you got to love it. At one point, they were looking very bad. They had lost like seven of their last eight games. Then they had that crazy comeback win at Boston. And since then, they've won four of their past five games. That, of course, was beating Boston, Charlotte, Houston, Minnesota, and now Denver today. Now, the game they lost was the game they arrested everybody, pretty much everybody. I mean, Mikhail played it for like one quarter and some other starters played it for one quarter. But most of the team, you know, most of the important pieces were out that game. I think DFS played as well. But that's their only loss. And they lost by five points in that game. They came back, made it a tight game at the end. I think Brooke Lopez had like nine blocks. So our old friend Brooke Lopez gave it to us. But yeah. Aside from that, the Nets have been phenomenal lately, and they beat a Denver team that was 30-5 and at home coming into this game. And uh, yeah, I mean, there was one point in the late second quarter where Denver was pulling away, and you told yourself, like, yeah, it's it was bound to happen. Denver's a much better team. They are the first seed in a tough Western Conference for a reason, but... The Nets came out in the third quarter. I believe they outscored them. I'm not going to say I believe. I have the numbers in front of me. They outscored them 37-18 to in the third quarter. So that pretty much did it right there. But in the fourth, the Nets were outscored by uh, by nine. But they had enough of a cushion to uh, hold on to that lead. And a lot of guys played very well in this game. But before we get into that, overall, I mean, this team's very weird. Even when Kevin and Kyrie were here, this was a weird team where... You didn't know what type of Nets team you were going to get night to night. And it kind of feels that way now, but they're starting to develop an identity. I do believe there was some stat out there that the last five games coming into this one, the Nets had the best NBA defensive rating um, over those last five games. So that's great news. You, you see the potential with this team on defense, and it's finally starting to come together. There were some very frustrating point totals given up recently when these guys first got here. I mean, they gave up 124 to the Knicks. They gave up 131 to Chicago, 129 to Atlanta, 118 to the Bucks, and then 142 versus the Knicks in that, um, that blowout loss they had at New York. But ever since then, it's been good defense, holding Boston to 105, Charlotte to 86, Houston to 96. Um... Milwaukee did get 118 without Giannis. You you know, but once again, not a lot of starters played in that game. Um, 123 against Minnesota. That was OT, and today was 120 versus Denver. So yeah, the, the defense is playing better. It hasn't been perfect. There's another level they can get to, of course, but it's been okay. It's it's definitely moving in the right direction. So I like what I see uh, from the Nets there on that end. Anyway, so we'll talk about this game against Denver, a 122-120 victory. Big shots in this game from Joe Harris and Dorian Finney-Smith, who has finally figured out his jump shot with this team. He hit the big three against the Timberwolves. And that was the one game, I think that's the first Nets game I missed all year. I think, you know, I've I've missed like maybe a quarter here and there, but I usually watch all four quarters live. And that was the one game I missed out on. I recorded it. I watched it the next morning. I already knew the outcome, so I was kind of just watching just to see what happened. And Dorian Finney-Smith hit some big shots in that game. The Nas Reed play sucked. He should not have got open. He made a big shot, so hats off to him. But the Nets had that, you know, nice comeback in overtime. I thought they were going to lose. Well, I didn't think they were going to lose. I knew, I knew the outcome once again, but it seemed like at a couple points in overtime, they were going to lose that game. So to come out victorious in that was awesome. 
And then today, as, as I said, in the second quarter, it felt like Denver was going to pull away, but the Nets, they kept it close enough where they came out of halftime and just kind of stuck it to them. So in this game, Dorian Finney-Smith was 5 of 7 from downtown. Love that. 15 points. I guess all of his points came there. He tied a career high in steals with four, so he was great on that end as well. He had one block. So, yeah, DFS was really really good in this game. I don't know how else to say it. He was making an impact on both ends. and Every time the Nets needed a big shot, he was there. There was one heat check kind of three he had in this game where he bricked the hell out of it, but I feel like DFS is not the type of guy that should be taking heat check threes, but I respect it. So aside from that, it was pretty much a flawless game out of him. Cam Johnson gave us 14, 5 of 11, 2 of 6 from downtown, gave us 4 rebounds, 2 assists, 2 steals, the Nets had a lot of steals, 11 steals in this game. I feel like that's a lot, so that was pretty good from them. Mikel Bridges gave us a, a quiet 25, I will say. He was 3 of 8 from 3, 8 of 9 at the line, 7 of 16 overall. And the emergence of Mikel Bridges is one of the more exciting topics that Nets fans have to talk about these days. And, you know, I heard people talking about what's his ceiling as a player, and we talk about it all the time. It goes back and forth from, like, Kawhi Leonard to, you know, Shea Gilchrist-Alexander. Like, I don't know. I don't know what the ceiling is for Mikael Bridges. I mean, he's his own guy, obviously. So what can he be? I don't know. But he's looking like a very solid, like... It's either like he's a, a 1B or he's like a just a number number two, very good role player type guy. Not a role player, but just say a number two. Like you have a number one usually, like you have your Giannis and sometimes you have your Middleton as a number two. I think he could definitely be that Middleton type of guy. I don't think Mikael Bridges ever gets to like, you know, superstardom, but I do think he's a very good number two. So I think that it was Eddie Gonzalez, the guy who does the podcast with KD. He brought up a point and it, you know, kind of made sense. He's like, look, the Nets are a max contract player away from like really making some noise and I don't know who that's going to be there is speculation about who the Nets next star can be um I've heard Trey Young I've heard uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander I've heard the name Carl Anthony Towns like there are different options out there potentially but the Nets have a lot of draft picks to work with it depends if they want to go full-on rebuild or do they feel like their core is good enough now to win with if they add another star that's the big thing so we'll see what happens there but yeah Mikel Bridges it's been very fun so far love what I see from him he plays every game which I also love it's such like a breath of fresh air as compared to you know Katie and Kyrie as great as they were on the floor they weren't always available those guys so to see Mikael and, and usually Cam Johnson out there every night is is awesome and Cam Johnson by the way his his it's kind of like that video i don't know if you guys have ever seen this or not there was that funny video it was like a soccer goalie who kept getting hit in the face with soccer balls it was like one of those saturday night live type uh, things and he kept getting hit in the face i feel like cam johnson's like that like he's getting hit in the face every single game i think he's left like the last two or three games and it's all been bloody noses and it just the guy gets hit in the face constantly it reminded me of that weird soccer meme that i saw one time or that soccer video thing um anyway nick claxton had 20 points he was really good in this game pretty efficient eight of nine not pretty he was very efficient eight of nine made all of his foul shots four of four that's big for clax six rebounds he had five assists he's been having some decent assist games one steal did not have a block so that's pretty rare for Clax. I know he blocked Jokic that turned into an and one because he goaltended it but uh Clax was very good he got in a bit of foul trouble so that was the one problem and some of the like the third foul he picked up when Jokic was like kind of posting up or kind of backing him down near the left elbow that was a bullcrap call like I don't know what else Claxton was supposed to do. He was literally just standing there straight up, and he just got 
knocked over basically and Jokic lost his balance and like I don't think Jokic has a uh, reputation of being a flopper but like there are some plays in this game where I'm like bro you are like 240 50 60 pounds there's no way that's knocking you over like I know Royce O'Neal had a play where like he might have like slightly pushed him and Jokic fell on the floor and got Royce O'Neal a foul who also had five fouls in this game but anyway Claxton had four fouls some of them were kind of iffy one of them was absolutely terrible um, but Claxton had a very good game Spencer Dinwiddie it wasn't the most efficient shooting game five of 15 but he did have 16 assists I don't remember a game where Dinwiddie has ever had 16 assists. I mean, I could be wrong, but I feel like in his first tenure with the Nets, I don't ever recall seeing 16 assists out of him, so that was great. Added six rebounds, had 15 points. He made some big shots, I think, too, so that was good to see from uh, Dinwiddie. Had only three turnovers. I mean, okay, that's not the worst number in the world. Uh, on the bench, you had Royce O'Neal. Played a pivotal role, 29 minutes, and it seemed like Jock Vaughn figured this was not the game for Nerlens Noel. He went to Royce O'Neal as like the number five sometimes, and it kind of worked. I mean, the Nets got obliterated in the first half on the offensive boards. It got better in the second half, but for some reason, like it's kind of ironic how you bring in the smaller Royce O'Neal, but then all of a sudden you're not getting out-rebounded as badly as you were in the first half. So I don't know why that happened or how it happened, but it kind of worked out there. So Royce O'Neal at the five, I think it happened in the Timberwolves game. It's happened today. So that's something that uh, Jock Vaughn is not afraid to go to. It helps the spacing because you can play five out. All those guys can usually shoot the three ball. So Claxon, obviously not the best jump shooter. Didn't make a jump shot in this game. I got to give him credit. Claxon did make a jump shot in this game. Probably like a you know 15-footer from the, uh, the left baseline. But yeah, that was a nice shot. But he's not a three-point shooter, obviously. But Royce gave us 11 points. Three of seven from downtown, six rebounds, four assists. Um, Royce, by the way, in the Timberwolves game was awesome. It might have been his best game of the year. Like, he was really good. He was, like, pushing the pace. He was kind of leading fast breaks by himself. He was awesome. I thought he was possibly his his best game as a net. Um, Joe Harris, 13 minutes, three of six from downtown, nine points. He was a plus 15. Wow. So, Joe Harris... We do kill him for his defense, and yeah, sometimes it's very bad. I think he had a steal in this game, didn't he, or no? Am I wrong about that? Uh, he did have a steal. Yeah, a guy made a spin move, and Joe Harris took it from him. I remember that. So um, he did have that play. There was that one play where Joe Harris ended up on the floor, and it led to a Nuggets easy layup. So there was that. So you take the good and the bad with Joe Harris, but he had a good night for his standards or a good afternoon. I think the game was at 3 o'clock for his standards. Um, but Harris made some big three-pointers in the early fourth quarter. And uh, it's funny, I said to my girlfriend, I'm like, why is Joe Harris in the game? Like, what does he do anymore? And then he knocks down three threes. I'm like, all right, I'll shut up. So <laughs> Joe Harris, uh, definitely a nice game in this one for him. Nerlens Noel didn't do much at all. Seven minutes, 0 of 2, made a free throw. He had one steal and minus 11. So not the best game for Nerlens Noel. Did take a charge on Jokic. I definitely have to include that. So he took a charge. That was nice to see. Seth Curry, 12 points, 5 of 8 in 19 minutes. He had two rebounds. He had one assist. Seth was all right. He had one open miss three in the corner that I really wanted him to make. But aside from that, he wasn't too bad, honestly. So Seth was, uh, he was decent. I want to look at some of the team stats here because I feel like they're going to be interesting. You had a tale of two halves in a way. The Nets came out once again in the third quarter and really gave it to them out of halftime. So shooting-wise, both teams shot exactly 50% from the field. The Nuggets had six more shots. 
three-point wise, it was almost exact. This is weird. Wow. So the Nets shot 50% from the field. The Nuggets shot 50% from the field. From three-point range, it was 38.6% for the Nets and 38.7% for the Nuggets. So only a 0.1 differential between the Nets and Nuggets and like overall shooting. That's pretty crazy, honestly. Um, free throw wise, the Nets were better. They were 21 to 24. Nuggets were 18 of 24, so they were even in free throws attempted, too. That's pretty weird. I don't know how this is making sense. Now, here's the part where uh, this is ugly. The Nuggets had 49 total rebounds, 49. The Nets had 28. That's bad. That's a 21 point, uh, 21, you know, disparity. That's that's pretty bad. So the Nets can't have that, but they still survived and won this game somehow. Um, the Nuggets had 15 offensive rebounds. The Nets only had four. And most of the times when you lose on the boards by that much, by over 20, you're going to lose. So I guess they kind of got lucky with that, but that was uh, pretty crazy. The Nets had five more assists. They also had seven more steals. That's going to help out a lot. The Nuggets had eight blocks to hour two. Wow. Nets only had 10 turnovers. Nuggets had 15. And points in the paint, the Nuggets outscored them 56-34. So that was a problem as well. But yeah, they go on to win this game. And uh, it kind of was awkward seeing Bruce Brown play for the Nuggets. I think this was the first time the Nets played them all year. Of course, Jeff Green, we saw him with Denver last year, but I just, I hate it. I think those guys should still be Nets. I mean, they were more built for the Kevin and Kyrie era, but like still, I mean, I kind of miss those guys. I think DeAndre Jordan's on that team too. I want to look real quick. Um, yeah, he is still there. Wow. DeAndre Jordan's still in the NBA, 34 years old. So yeah, they have three former Nets out there. That's pretty funny. But um, yeah, this was an awesome win. And standings wise now, we knew coming into today that the Nets were ahead of the Knicks, or they were tied technically, but the Nets are now 39-29. and 29. Um, I believe when Kyrie got traded, they were like 30, I think they were like 11 games over 500, so now they're 10 games over 500. They're almost back to where they were when he left, so that's definitely good news. They're getting back to what they were. Um, the Knicks right now are a half game back. I do think the Knicks play tonight versus the Lakers. It might be on right now, actually, so we'll see what happens there. I don't think LeBron's playing, obviously, so they might win that game. We'll see, but I do believe Brunson's still out for them. The Knicks have dropped three straight. The Nets are three games back of the Cavaliers. I would not expect to catch them, of course, but you never know. This Nets team might get hot at the right time. Who the hell knows? The Heat lost last night. So the Nets right now are basically four and a half games out of the playing tournament, and that's that's great news. I don't want to be there, obviously. That's not where you want to be. Actually, no, they're three and a half out. I'm sorry, I can't do math. But yeah, they're three and a half out of the playing tournament. Obviously, if you're a top six seed, you don't have to be in the playing tournament. I would hope the Nets can avoid that. Like last year when the Nets had Katie and Kyrie against the Cavs in the play-in tournament, I didn't have much of a concern. I'm like, look, they're probably going to win that game. I mean, it's one game that could win it. But this time, like the Nets team right now, it's kind of weird. The Nets are a weird team night to night, so you don't know what to expect. So I'd rather get a top six seed and not worry about it. I would love to play the Sixers. I'm probably going to regret saying that, but I would love that matchup just for television purposes. And I think the Nets actually might match up with them kind of well. So, you know... I hope Ben Simmons is back for that. They gave us an update on him today, and the update was that there was no update. He still has some back inflammation. They're working on it, so I guess we'll see what happens with Ben Simmons, but it's definitely frustrating. Um, I feel like a healthy Ben Simmons with this group would be so, so good, but unfortunately, that's not the case. Um, but yeah, as I said, four out of five feels good. This week, they play at OKC on Tuesday. Then they have a home stretch of four games versus Sacramento, Denver again, 
Cleveland twice, and then they go on the road at Miami. So, yeah, they have, uh, you know, once again, a pretty tough schedule to end the year. You have teams like OKC is, you know, very good offensively. Sacramento's had a really good year. Denver, of course, first seed in the West. I don't know if we're going to beat them twice. We'll see what happens with that. Cleveland back-to-back, you know, you have a game at Miami. That could be big for staying out of the playing tournament. Um and then towards the end, you have some easier matchups. Like Orlando is not that great record-wise, I don't think, but they always give teams a tough like matchup. They're like kind of low-key, like competitive, but um, I would not say that's an automatic W. Um, they play the Rockets again. That's nice. They play Atlanta. They play Utah, Minnesota, Detroit, Orlando, and Philly to end out the year. So um, yeah, I don't know what's gonna happen. They definitely have exceeded my expectations in the past five games. So hopefully it stays like that. I think last year this team had. 44 wins so if they can get past that that'd be nice to you know be better than this team that last year at one point had Kevin Kyrie and James Harden so that'd be pretty interesting but anyway uh that's gonna do it hope you guys enjoyed the video I'll probably talk to you guys let's see maybe next weekend probably after maybe a week from now I think yeah we play Denver 3:30 next Sunday maybe after that game I'll do a bit of an update but we'll find out what happens I hope you guys enjoyed and I'll talk to you guys next time